Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch, noon on a Friday. Rick is here. Rick's giving us uh, Wolfing Down Your Lunch today. Wolf, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Uh, Here we go, Rick. What do you got? All right, guys. As the Cardinals gear up for the Vikings on Sunday and the trade deadline on Tuesday, Cardswire suggested the team should go after Broncos pass rusher Bradley Chubb. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Bradley Chubb, Mario Williams. Think about Mario Williams when he came out of NC State, number one pick overall. Bradley Chubb, not quite as dynamic an overall talent as Mario Williams was, but close enough to be a guy that is one of the elite players in this draft, and certainly I think the best defensive player in this draft. Brings it every play. He's not a defensive who takes plays off or paces himself during the course of a game. He's a tone setter, had a great workout in conjunction with productivity. Makes Bradley Chubb a guy who you would view as an outstanding player moving forward in the NFL. How would you guys feel about the cards bringing in Bradley Chubb? I wouldn't hate that. I like it a lot better than... I don't remember who the other site was I saw that they were like, the Cardinals should just trade J.J. Watt and give up on this season because they owe it to him so he can go to the Sports Street. Illustrated, I believe. Yeah, was it really? Yeah. I kept looking yeah. to see if that was like if it was spelled differently, but uh, yeah, I think it really was Sports Illustrated. I would take Bradley Chubb. Yeah, take a pass rusher. Why not? Okay. Might not um, be so easy to get him. Yeah, I was just going to say that right now. What is it? $13 million? $13 million that... Um, He's making this year, yes, in 2022 right there. He's an unrestricted free agent, of course, in 2023. Um, yes, I would do that, no doubt about it. Even if he was a rental, I'd bring him in. And depending on what you're going to have to pay to get Bradley Chubb, I'd bring him in even as a rental, man. Just say, hey, this is what we need. This could fix our defense even more, help our defense even more, especially the pass defense going forward. Um, yeah, I'm all for it, man. I just don't know what you'd have to give up. Yeah, that's the question. He's, he's to be fair, not even the best Chubb in his own draft. Nick Chubb is in that <laughs> same draft. But uh, five and a half sacks already this year for Bradley Chubb on a, a middling Denver team. He was my favorite player in the 2018 draft, so I'd love to see it. There you go. The Phoenix Suns play the New Orleans Pelicans tonight at the Footprint Center at 7 p.m. right here on Arizona Sports. This brings us to the Sanderson Forward Poll question up right now on ArizonaSports.com. Who do you think is a better matchup for the Suns, the Warriors or the Pelicans? <laughs> is this... I'm assuming the question the is, which team is a better matchup for the Suns, Pelicans, Warriors? Wow. Open-ended question. Right there, right? That so, is very open But I see what they're saying, right? Because what they're saying they're is... They're trying the to get Warriors. you to say the Warriors. Warriors. They're trying to get me to the say the Warriors. Warriors, of course, because the Warriors are going to pique their interest. The Pelicans all banged up. Are you kidding me? 
No, Brandon Ingram, Zion, what are you doing out there? You got something wrong with... Zion, look at me. You got something wrong with you, don't you? Take one more day. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I would like to see him um, play against the so Suns, honestly. So what do you honestly. think? Uh, honestly, what do you think? We all know the Warriors, they were going to get the Suns best because they are the Warriors. Is that what you're implying? That the Pelicans are all beat up and they're not going to get the Suns best? So therefore, it was the Warriors was the better match? What I Second time you've broken my brain in the last 20 minutes. That's what I'm saying right yeah. now. I'm just going to say Warriors for the heck of it. That's what they want you to say. I'm, really? gonna, I'm still going to say the Pelicans. are. As, and you know, I, I, I don't want to say I love this Pelicans team because I want them to lose and Jose Alvarado's annoying, but this, this is a really good basketball team, but the Warriors are still better. Can, feel- we, get, can we get some hard screens on Jose? Is that okay? <laughs> if he plays, yeah. There we go. Even if he doesn't play. Yeah, right. Even if he just yeah. <laughs> He'll be there. I'm feeling dangerous, so I'm going Warriors. Okay. And 63% of the audience says Warriors, and 37% says the Pelicans. There you go. That's funny, because I just looked at mine, and it says 63% Warriors, 38% Pelicans. And that's not 100%. That's 100%. What is going on? You can only give 100%. We need to call IT. So don't say 110%. I'm going to give you 100%. Every time a guy guy said 110%, I'm going to give you 110%. I I knew you're lying immediately, because you can only give what you have. That's 100%. What do you think IT would do if I sent in a service request right now and said, you know, the poll question's adding up to 101%. It's a Friday afternoon. Do you think they would block my email? Probably. Okay. All right. Well, transitioning to my favorite sport, the World Series begins tonight with the Astros hosting the Phillies. Who do you guys see winning the whole thing and how long? Do you think this series will go? I don't think the four-month layoff between the <laughs> championship series and the World Series. I don't think Boy, that helps. Yeah, I, was, I forgot it was still going. That's not good marketing of your sport, especially when your commissioner says it's just a piece of tinfoil they're handing out at the end of the, the World Series anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think the Astros win. I think Philly had a good thing going, and they had some momentum, but they haven't played in forever, so I'll go with the Astros. Yeah, you know, Houston is the much better team, Ron Wolfley reporting, and they have a lot of ways they can win this series. I think Philadelphia, for the most part, is the Mojo Rising team. Mojo Rising, yes. They've got a little mojo to them, I get that, but they seem to have one real path to victory. And um, because of that, I think the Astros win it going away. Astros in four. I hope Philly um, wins a game. I, I'm going to say five. I'm going to say five. Yeah. Houston hasn't lost a game yet in the playoffs. I balked on that, though. Yeah. I almost. <laughs> Four and a half? I wanted to say six. I did. Nah, I, I think I think this one ends quickly. This Astros team is something else. All right. And finally, the Arizona Coyotes play their first game ever at Mullet Arena tonight. You can hear that one on ESPN 620. They're playing the Jets. Do you guys think that playing in such a small barn will help or hurt the Coyotes this season? I think it's. We asked uh, Coach Andre Turney on Wednesday, and he said flat out, "I'm telling my players we don't know what to expect." I think if you, I think. What it's going to do is it's going to enhance the swings, right? So if you are playing well, it's really going to liven things up. I think it's going to be a really 
unique and fun experience this year at that, and that arena is beautiful. I really, though, if you're going to call it Mullet Arena, you got to have business in the front, party in the back. Like, they literally just have the offices in the front and like the party rooms in the back. You know, I, I, I have to admit, I wonder how it's going to impact other teams coming in. Even more than the Coyotes. Interesting. Uh, what a, they're going to come into this barn and forgive me, but they're going to look around and say this this um, looks different than every other barn we play in. Winnipeg just played last night in whatever they're calling Staples Center now, like Crypto Arena or whatever. Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, so they yeah. just played there last night. So are you saying that they might notice a difference? <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah, so it's going to be Arena. really interesting to see how it impacts the opposing team, away teams coming in. Yeah, man. Um, the Coyotes, I'm sure, at some point in time are going to get used to doing it. It's everyone else I wonder about. Well, I will say this. Four home games and then 14 more on the road for the Coyotes. So if you can't get to one of these four, you're going to have to wait a while until December 9th before they play another home game. <laughs> yeah. Also, real quick, guys. Uh, okay, I did not see that, man. Yeah. This is scrolling. Oh, my goodness. This is scrolling across the TV and here on ESPN from Woj. Zion Williamson will be a game-time decision, likely will not play tonight. So, well, so it is likely right there. Likely will not it is, play. It is Zion game-time decision does typically equal will not play. It's just yeah. amazing right now. Oh, poor Zion. He's so good. I want to watch him play. It would be nice to see the Suns go up against Zion. Yeah. I, I mean, just, just to see what they do against Zion. I just like to see him play. Do you have anything <laughs> anything left? Can you actually play 20 minutes without getting hurt? He was really good last week. All right. Uh, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. Nicely done. When we come back, what is the Cardinals' path to victory in Minnesota on Sunday morning? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Like everything else on TV has the rock in it. Oh, oh. it had uh, Richard Mendenhall was like part of the writer group of it. He was one of the writers. Wouldn't be great to be like I don't know related to the Rock or something like that. You know? yeah, probably probably Thanksgiving care dinner of and yeah. stuff like that over there. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be. What's what's the Rock bringing over for? Do you think they call him the Rock or do you think they call him Dwayne? No, they call him Dwayne. Dwayne. Okay, what's Dwayne bringing for Thanksgiving? Yeah, uh, everybody gets three new cars. For right. Something healthy. Yeah, unfortunately, probably. parsley. So you're saying cars. he's making a lot of cash? I feel like I mean he's on. <laughs> he, who do you think is on TV more, him or Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> him. Yeah. He's in every movie. The Rock. Uh, who you're not going to see on Sunday, Wolf, is James Conner, because according to Adam Schefter, he is out for the game. Okay, you know, once again, I was just talking about this. Uh, good. Okay, that's the... that I, I don't want to see James Conner come back and be 80%. I don't want to see James Conner come back and be 90%. Uh, he's not nearly as effective when he's 100%, when he's ready to go, and I realize at some point in time you're not going to be completely 100%, but when he's healthy and he's ready to go, he finishes runs. The angry run thing. You see it all the time. He finishes runs. 
Um, that's what I want to see him. Get him to that point right now. Interestingly enough, this is a game really isn't going to be about running the ball, in my opinion. I could be dead wrong on this base, and only it's dead wrong. And I admit that freely. Yet at the same time, I feel like this is going to be a game between the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings, and the team that throws the ball the best wins the game. So, say that again, and this is how we're going to play this out. If I weren't on the show, Wolf, right now, and I were driving, and I heard you say that, I would pull over instantly, take all my tires off, throw them in the desert, and just walk. (laughs) Just leave my car on the side of the road. Wolf just said, yes, this game is not going to be decided by running. It's going to be decided by passing. I'm sorry, and the reason why I say that is, have the Arizona Cardinals given up um, chunks of yardage from time to time uh, through the air, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Last week they did it multiple Um, times, according to Vance Joseph. Say yes, because the Arizona Cardinals are number 25 in passing yards per game allowed and number 23 in passing yards per play allowed. They give up a lot through the air. What's so perplexing about this is Byron Murphy's having a good season, isn't he? Marco Wilson is having... Suddenly you've got Antonio Hamilton back. They're having good seasons, and yet they're giving up a lot of yards collectively. That's really interesting. You don't see that a lot of the time. No, but you said yesterday that's probably the pass rush. Yes, of course. Or at least part of it. That's part of it right there. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the other part. Okay, Um, the team that throws the ball the best. Okay, well, the Minnesota Vikings are number 10 in passing yards per game. Um, Talking to Paul Calvisi, Paul Calvisi said this is a pass-first offense now. That's what they are. They're they're no longer a run-first with Dalvin Cook. They are a pass-first offense with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen um, and a cast of other characters as well. But that's Kirk Cousins. They're number 10 in passing yards per game and number 20 in passing yards per play. Okay, so they throw the ball well. That's what they do. Well, guess what? The Arizona Cardinals, I would say, are still a pass-first team. That's what they do. With Kyler Murray. Now DeAndre Hopkins is back. And now you're going to have Robbie Anderson over the top. I can't wait to see that. With Zach Ertz working the middle of the field. What's going to happen here? Um, The Minnesota Vikings are number 28 in passing yards per game allowed. And number 32 in passing yards per play allowed. Both secondaries have struggled from time to time. And given up chunks of yardage. And yet... Here it is. I think this is going to be a game decided by the team that throws the ball the best and the most efficiently. Who will that be? I don't know. We're going to find out. This feels like a game that, like I said earlier in the week, you probably need to win like 30 to 27 or 28 to 24 or something. I don't know that you're going to beat Minnesota 17 to 13. I'm trying it's to find. It's not like they score a lot of points. They, they don't. They In don't. fact, they only have they've scored, they average. Less than one point more per game than the Cardinals. Yeah, just the talent on the field. You would think on the offensive sides of the football, there would be the over under for the game is forty eight and a half. That's what I was trying to look up. So forty eight and a half. So there. So Vegas is saying, you know, it's going to be like a twenty six to twenty three game or something yeah. in that range. Right. That probably seems about right. Um, this is Buda Baker talking about the Vikings offense right here. The Vikings offense is a you know great offense. Guys who have many great players. Of course, you um, you got. 
started with Jefferson, uh, number 18, and he's a great player, a guy who can run all the intermediate routes, long, you know, nine balls, post balls, also comes out of the backfield and runs routes as well, so uh, all-around type of guy, and uh, of course, it's always going to be about stopping that run game. Dalvin Cook is, you know, one of my favorite backs that I've gone against, a guy who is really good in the run game, who can make one cut and, you know, hit the hole, and next thing you know, it's a six and five-yard touchdown, so, um, you know, that whole offense, they're they're really great players, especially, you know, of course, you can't uh, rule out feeling as well, Um, you know, they just have a lot of stars on that team, and it's going to be a a great matchup. Wolf, the, the, the quotient you were looking for earlier, the, the Booker quotient, deciding how much a player loves the game when you draft yeah. them. Yeah, Buda Baker passes that. Buda Baker passes it in spades. Not because no, no. of that answer, although you could hear it in that answer, but just Buda Baker is definitely. And look, yeah. you can't really keep playing football after you retire because it's just such a violent sport, but if you could, Buda Baker would still be playing after he retired. You know, it's been my experience over the years. Um, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said about Buda, but I, I'm thinking of who Buda was talking about. He was talking about Justin Jefferson first. Um... That's who I think of first. Justin Jefferson is wildly talented. I mean, you watch this guy on tape. He is wildly talented. Um, And he's productive as well. And the thing I would say to the Arizona Cardinals defense is run the ball. Run to the ball. Run to the ball like you've never run to the ball. This is something that you'll hear high school coaches, Pop Warner coaches. Run to the ball. It's something you have to do. Run to the ball. If you're on the defensive side of the ball, you've got to run to the ball, rally to the ball, because you never know who's going to get a hit and if that ball's going to come out. You never know. You've got to run and you've got to pursue defense. Pursue the play. Run to the ball and hit Justin Jefferson. I mean, you if you get the opportunity... Take your shoulder pads right into his sternum. Hit them right into the ribs. Knock them around. It's been my experience, Basin Onions. I'm not talking about trying to injure them. I'm not talking about that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say that it's been my experience that when you've got great athletes like Justin Jefferson, you got to make them pay for being that great athlete. And the way to make him pay is to hit him. And I mean hit him hard. And that can happen if you run to the ball. Because he is a good after-the-catch guy. He is. He can run after the catch as well. So you've got to rally to the ball, and you've got to hit him, Luke. And I hope guys like Buddha and Jalen Thompson, yeah, if he's okay, run to the ball and hit him. Okay, not trying to injure the guy, but... You can't make it Take easy. a little of that edge off of him, that yeah. great athletic edge. Yeah, because if you let him play the way he wants to play, you're not going to win the game. You know, for the longest time, when you looked at Minnesota, it was Dalvin Cook because he was such a receiving threat out of the backfield, going over 50 receptions a couple of years ago, and usually in the 40s, and such a good running back. But like you said earlier, they don't really throw to him this year. Is did you say 12 catches? 16 targets and 12 receptions. Yes, I mean, they're, based, they're almost at the halfway point of the season. Yeah. Just, they don't really throw to Dalvin Cook, but they have just... Justin Jefferson now, who, by the way, was the fifth receiver off the board in his draft class. <laughs> just <laughs> how good, though. Yeah. Just how good. Still first rounder. Oh, my goodness. No doubt about it. But again, these great athletes, man, especially at the receiver position, you got to hit them. You got to hit them. Knock their face off. 
And again, I'm not talking about helmet to helmet. I'm talking about do it with intent. Just hit them hard. Knock them to the ground. That's how you slow down some of these great athletes and great receivers in particular. Uh, Real quick, here's Marco Wilson this week talking about covering Justin Jefferson. He's a great receiver, probably one of the top receivers in the nation right now. Him and Adam Thielen are great guys, so uh, we got we to gotta come with our work boots on, um, focus, and, and just make sure we dialed into what VJ has planned for us this week, because it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, we haven't talked about Adam Thielen. I mean, he's not Justin Jefferson, but yeah. that's the sort of guy that, okay, we put all the focus on Justin Jefferson. We held Justin Jefferson to four catches for, you know, 38 yards. Thielen had 118 and two touchdowns, though. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make sure you stop uh, Thielen as well. All right, when we come back, Wolf will go a little around the uh, the National Football League and uh, try and figure out what's going on in Tampa Bay. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This and Glass Animals. You get where you got your singing career lined up after you the show. Glass Animals. That's the other song that Maloney oh, plays. Oh, like that. Yeah. Um, big news. I thought Wolf walked down to the vending machine. Yeah. Okay. Takes credit card now. No way. Yeah. Oh. That's right. And <laughs> don't, I proceeded. Don't tell me that. And I proceeded to tell like four people in the newsroom because I was pretty excited. <laughs> right. You know what their reaction was? Whatever. No way. None of them cared. They're okay. all out there doing work, talking about news, well, news things. You know what, though? Immediately when you said that to me, that's what I thought was, you know, don't fake it, though, Ron. Don't fake it because, you know, honestly, if they got talkies down there, <laughs> I'm going in there. Well, and I'm going to jam it in there for the talkies. And sometimes they do. And I, I've lost 25 pounds, man. Okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> on the all talkie diet. Just saying. Uh, I didn't see any talkies in there today. but I, the fact That's that another pound in uh, the past couple of weeks, Wolf. I'm saying, man. It just continues to go. I need five more, man. I got to get five to 30. More? When I get to 30, it's all over. Sound like an auctioneer. Yeah, give me the donuts again. <laughs> that's the other thing. I'm not sure that's how it works. There's well, boxes out there of donuts, but I don't know if there's actually donuts well, in there. Met- metaphorically, right? No, I'll, the yeah, I'll eat the donuts to celebrate for you. Uh, to football. And whatever that was that was wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms last night against Baltimore. And look, Tampa Bay was okay in the first half. It's kind of a weird game, Wolf. Baltimore came out throwing, and then they decided, wait, uh, we're good at running. And in the second half, they focused on the run, and that was that. Baltimore wins. Tampa Bay loses again. The Buccaneers now 3-5 and five this season. This is Teddy Bruschi, who knows Tom Brady pretty well. Tom will tell you, he doesn't look like himself anymore. I mean, he is struggling to be on the same page with wide receivers. He is, you know, dirting balls at times. He is throwing potential interceptions like you're, like you're saying. So we're trying to, I don't know, I'm not going to make excuses for it. Brady doesn't look like he's playing well. No. He doesn't look like he wants to be playing football, honestly. <laughs> like, he just, he's not, and I know he's not used to losing, and they're losing a lot. They've lost five of six, and the one win was over Atlanta with that suspect roughing the passer call. But he just does not look happy, Wolf. No, he does not look happy. And once again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they only ran the ball 14 times. Tom Brady had one carry. So 15 if you want to count Tom Brady. <laughs> I, I don't want to count Tom Brady. How long was his run? Like um, 50 yards? Yeah, yeah, and not only that, too. Can I just tell you, they only handed the ball off to a running back 13 times. 
13 times. Yeah, that's weird. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady as their quarterback. What are you doing? What are you doing? And it wasn't like this game was sideways. It wasn't. They were for, winning at halftime. Yeah, you know, it just I I really don't understand it, man. I don't understand what is going on, but I do understand that Tom Brady's personal life is a mess, that it's not an order, and I understand what that does to a human being because I lived it. Period. Yeah, this is not really the uh the story that we typically are going to talk about on the show, but just for context, I think it was ESPN just scrolled up there that Giselle finalized, finalized divorce, whatever the procedure is there, however you phrase that, turned in the papers today, yeah. basically. So, and once again, failure, man. I mean, that's what I've experienced in my life. That is a complete failure, especially when you have kids. It is to me. And I bet you for Tom Brady, just based on how he's playing right now, he'd agree with that. Uh, it's not, and you're right, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's not just that, though. It's not just Brady that's not playing well. In fact, here's Brady's assessment of the offense. You know, I think we struggle pretty much at everything. You know, we just struggle in the red area, struggle in third down, struggle in the run game, uh, two-point plays, um, short yardage, backed up, start first quarter, start of the third quarter, not very good offense football. Oh, that was pretty much everything, Tom. Yeah, you know what, Tom is not happy at all, and I understand um, why he would not be, not only because what is happening on the field, but also off the field right now. Did you see Kyle Rudolph um, in the red zone, of course? Tom Brady missed a open Kyle Rudolph. The throw was there. He was running an in route. Should have been a touchdown. Missed him. Tom Brady even acknowledged it. Hit himself on the chest. The look on his face. They did, they did a great job, man. They did a great job on the broadcast. Of course, they were streaming it. Don't say it was nationally no, televised, no, it was right? Nationally streamed. Um, it was nationally streamed. I wonder exactly if streaming right. still affects Kirk Cousins. Like, what if he's amazing on streams? Yeah, because well, now you know Thursday night football. Okay, yeah, we'll have to figure that out later. Right, yeah, please. Okay, I'll be side I'll, I'll get some. Here. I'll do some research. But you could see it on Tom's face. It was like uh, I never missed that throw, and I missed that throw to Kyle Rudolph and um, he can't be happy man seriously you, you could just see it his mind isn't settled his mind isn't right and he's playing that way you know it's different circumstances for each of these guys but uh, the morning show was talking about this I thought it was it was it was a pretty interesting where we are right now in sports wolf where you've got brady struggling we all watched it last night his team isn't good and he isn't playing well you've got aaron Rodgers struggling and some of that is the team around him maybe isn't great and it certainly is an experience some of it he's not i, I would say Rodgers is still still looks okay but his team i don't think they're making the playoffs you've got kevin durant struggling now he's playing well but his team isn't and you've got lebron his team can't even win a game Think about the four names right there. You're talking about some of the all-time greats. Certainly four of the best players in their sports in the last 20 years. And really we're talking all-timers because you're talking Brady, you're talking Rodgers, you're talking LeBron, and you're talking Kevin Durant. You're talking four of the best ever to play. The, and all of them are either at least their team is struggling. And I would say in the case of, of Brady, as as just as an athlete, they're struggling too. Yeah, all four of those guys right there, when I hear those names, man, the Sentinels, that's what I think of. The Sentinels of success. These 
guys have been around. You want to talk about iconic? Those four names that you just read, those are iconic, yet they seem to be waning. The sun is setting. And it's a weird it's a weird situation to be in and see, but it seems like there could be a changing of the guard. Doesn't it? It does. And, you know, the crazy thing is if you told me of those four guys who has the best chance of their season turning around, I mean, the Lakers are 0-4. They don't look like they're ever going to win a game the way they play. I don't think there's a whole lot LeBron can do to influence that team. He could go off and he could get them to 500 maybe, but, I, I mean, he would have to be playing like peak LeBron a couple years ago. I honestly still think Brady's team has the best chance of turning things you around. You keep saying that, Because they're in such a just weak division. Yeah, I know. It just It's not about their division, though. It is about the division that is going on in Tom Brady's head. Well, and and if if that's how it plays out, then you're right. Then there's no coming back from that this year. No, I, I'm honestly, uh, what we see from Tom Brady is... Something that, again, I lived, and unfortunately, I hate talking about it, um, but it's the truth. Um, what a mess. If your personal life is not in order, you want to go play football. That's what you want to do. Even if you love the game, you want to go out there and you think you'd be able to just totally divorce yourself, no pun intended, from anything else. Any other influence that could possibly affect you in a negative way that you'd just be able to walk away from it easily because you're out on a football field, you're in between the white lines, and oh, by the way, there's people trying to rip your head off. So you think you'd be able to focus, but you can't. You can't. Unless you're a cyborg. And that was my overriding thought. I even wrote it in my notes as I was watching that game. Tom Brady is human. He's not a cyborg. He's human, and he's showing it, watching him. (laughs) It's impacting him in a negative, negative way. He's done. He's missing throws, and he's actually taking hits now. Kirk Herbstreit on the broadcast last night was like, can you imagine running around at 45 just getting hit by 300-pound linemen? And then Al Michaels is like, I wouldn't want to do that when I was 19. But but still, I mean, you watch Brady, and yes, you're you right. Would, Al. Come on, Al. <laughs> yes, you would have, Al. You, uh, then who would have called on. it? I mean, Put Al Michaels the mouth called guard in, Al. Put it in and hit somebody. You're 19. You feel good. You're at ASU. 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah, you're walking over there in Tempe. Hitting on everybody that walks by. <laughs> Come on. Don't you know who I'm going to be? I'm going to be Al Michaels one day. <laughs> okay. Except he said it in his Al Michaels voice, which is a little more famous. Uh, join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Minnesota Vikings. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off Priest Drive in Tempe. Coming up next, we're going to preview Suns Pelicans tonight with Suns broadcaster Bally Sports, Kevin Ray, Gabe. Game day with K-Ray is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. We'll be right back. 
Yeah, big one at the Footprint Center tonight as the Phoenix Suns host the New Orleans Pelicans. Rematch of the first round of the playoffs last year, although, Wolf, I don't know how many of the Pelicans that we know from that series are going to be playing tonight. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. It is game day with Kay Ray. Kay, what's going on? Fellas, happy Friday to you. Yeah, you know what, Kay? It feels good. Not going to lie. <laughs> Wolf just realized he only has an hour and 15 minutes left <laughs> in the week. Hey, hey, I, the, the question I have to ask is, uh, how, how many headphones did you go through this morning? Would you try to put that on the helmet? <laughs> yeah, you know, that has been problematic from time to time, man. <laughs> Kev, talk a little bit about what you're seeing right now through the first four games and where you are. Parachute in from 30,000 feet, if you don't mind. Well, guys, I'm just I'm just really happy that this team has somehow uh, recovered emotionally from that loss to the 36ers. Um, <laughs> I was really concerned awesome. that it was going to be an entire 82 game se- season fallout, and you know their vibe just wasn't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I had to get that out. You know, a, a little a little snarky uh, trolling I there, felt but the same way. <laughs> Look, I, I'm I'm seeing a team that has um, a different kind of hunger level um, and a different kind of attitude, and that's one of the things that we talked about, guys, with with this club and why I was still optimistic despite the non moves and despite you know what's taking place with Jay Crowder, um, and a lot of it just goes back to. You have this core back together, so they're they're another season in having you know played with one another. Uh, they've experienced the highs and they've experienced the lows together, and same thing for the coaching staff. So I just think you're seeing a team that, that's really tied very well together, and you know not surprisingly. The, the new guys that they got um, have fit in beautifully, uh, starting with Jock. Uh, I mean, what a game he had the other night. Uh, I know home the, the home fans haven't seen Josh Akogi a ton. Um, I had a chance to catch up with him over the weekend uh, on the road trip and just a, a Terrific, terrific young man, and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited about the you know continued growth and emergence of this team. Talking to Kevin Ray, Bally Sports. It is game day with K Ray. Uh, K Booker said something interesting after the win over the Warriors the other night. He actually had a few pretty good quotes, but one of the things he said, and I don't even know that this question was necessarily posed to him this way, but he said, "We're not going to let." One game, meaning Game Seven last year, define all of our careers. And they—it's ha- four games, but they have played. They've started this season with that sort of mentality of the only way to put the way last season ended behind them is to go out there and find a way to be better this year. And he seems to embody that more than anybody on this team. Yeah, and look, I- I'm as guilty of it as the next person. Uh, look, we we and we've talked about this before. We we all wanted some kind of closure, right? To, to what took place in Game 6 and, more importantly, in, in Game 7 uh, there at home. Uh, but the reality is we're, we're never going to get, you know, uh, our pound of flesh, if you will. And uh, to your point, Luke, I, I do think that while the guys have downplayed it, um, I do think they, they understand it, they acknowledge it, but really rather than speaking about it, they're just letting their, their play, their game, you know, speak uh, for, for all those responses of what of what took place in game 7 and look when it comes to book 
I said it in the offseason. This guy goes about it with a lunch pail mentality uh, every offseason. And he doesn't pound his chest. He doesn't tell you, hey, look what I'm doing here in the offseason. He doesn't post Instagram highlight videos of his workouts. The dude just goes into the lab, and he knows the two or three things that he wants to, and the coaching staff wants him to continue to work on and craft. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And Monty Williams hit the nail on the head the other night saying, right now, he's probably the best, you know, well-rounded, all-round player in the game because he's getting it done on both ends of the floor. Who is Jock Landell? I mean, really? (laughs) He's a Phoenix Sun, thank God. (laughs) I mean, Kay, what are you seeing from this guy? Well, again, you know, it, you you saw who he played for, where he played um, previously, San Antonio. So because of the, the ties and the relationship that Monty Williams has there with Greg Popovich, having been a part of that system as a player, as an assistant, you know, b- observing it from up close and from afar, you, you know if you're getting minutes as a big man for Greg Popovich, you, you've got some juice. You know, you've got some capabilities. And uh, I think what we've seen with this team, with this roster around him, we've been able to unlock phases of his game that he wasn't necessarily asked to do in San Antonio. And so that's why I think a lot of the fans looked at it like, Jack Landale, why, you know. But we said the same thing, guys, if you remember about JaVale McGee last year. You know, JaVale was doing things offensively and even to the degree defensively for the Suns that he had not been asked to do previously. So, you know, we're all guilty of pigeonholing a player saying, well, and looking, you know, just solely at their statistics. But that's why, you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks. And that's why James is a GM and Monty is a head coach and they've got their scouting staff. They're able to translate a player's skill set into what they're doing. And that's exactly what we're seeing with Jock Landale. Uh, Kevin Ray joining us. It's game day with K Ray. Going back to that Golden State game one more time, K. To see Clay Thompson get tossed, to see seven technical fouls in the third quarter of that game, I found it interesting that Golden State was was willing to almost treat that game like a rivalry game as well because they are the team with the four rings. Yeah, and look, it, it speaks to, uh, while they may not say it openly, it, it speaks to the level of respect that yeah. the Warriors had. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think if you were to ask each one of those players to a man privately, um, were you upset that it wasn't the Suns that you faced off against in the Western Conference Finals instead of Dallas? I think they would tell you, if they were being honest, yes. And so it speaks to the respect respect that, that they have for the Suns and certainly vice versa because as Devin has acknowledged, they've got what we want. Um, and that's why they're, I, I think you're going to see that kind of edge in every single game they play in. So Kay, what are your expectations for tonight? What do you expect to see? Well, I, I know what I hope I see, which is a 
speaking of respect, uh, a very high level respect for your opponent. Uh, the, the Suns know what Willie Green has been able to do there in New Orleans, and that was, you know, pre Zion, basically. Uh, didn't have his services last year. Um, it, we will not see Zion tonight. We will not see Brandon Ingram, and we will not see Herb Jones. Uh, so, two of those three guys were, you know, central figures in really pushing the Suns to the limit last year. But that being said, they didn't have those guys the other night, and they knocked off Dallas. So you better come to the floor with a very healthy level of respect for your opponent. Uh, you look at this New Orleans team, and you know, you've got Patrick Beverly 2.0 in the form of Jose Alvarado. You know, he'll get his second start of the season tonight. Uh, I just want to see the Suns continue to stay tied together defensively and really stress the opponent force them into tough contested shots and then offensively what you've got to do with this team is the same thing you, you've got to move them around the floor make them work from side to side and really you know try and neutralize Valanciunas as much as best you can because the guy's just an absolute beast Kevin Ray great stuff as always man thank you we appreciate it thank you Kevin alright boys have a great weekend alright brother Kevin Ray joining us right there as he does every game day, every Suns weekday game day for game day with K Ray and a pretty big one tonight. Suns hosting the Pelicans and he joined us on the Arizona sports line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And when we come back, the Cardinals defense was not up to Vance Joseph standards last week. So what are they doing about it this week? Vance will just tell you next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona sports, the local sports leader.